And we're back live on your number one sports podcast, All Things Sports. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, joined by your host, Wade Julian. In a week where LeBron kills trade rumors and Bill Belichick takes out a full-page ad in the Boston Globe, ATS is back to give you the real in sports. Super Bowl week is finally here, a week that for many of us is excitement-ridden, anxiety-ridden, and for some of you, if you're lucky, you know, maybe dream-fulfilling. Both June and I have felt both the agony and the spoils of this week. June, what do you remember from the week that Peyton Manning won his first Super Bowl back in 07? It was raining. It was raining that week. Well, it was raining that day specifically. Um, I remember being super anxious just to finally get to the game. You know, obviously not go to the game, but, you know, for, for Sunday to come because we were coming off of a high where, you know, we beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Marlon Jackson gets an interception against Tom Brady, and that was just like the biggest play in Colts history up until then. Um, and so it was it was just a, a lot of anxiety and excitement. I was only, say, sixth or seventh grade, um, but I just remember being filled with a bunch of anxiety all day because typically with Super Bowl um, Sunday, you know, I'm going to be I'm going to be hype. You know, I'm going to families getting together. It's going to be a day of kind of festivities and football family. And so just being as though that was my team in the Super Bowl, finally, man, anxiety was real high, but it was a great feeling. Yeah, I remember, of course, I'll go back to 2019, 2020, that Chiefs Super Bowl run where it was just a year of, I've said before, just comebacks, just a bunch of games that start slow. And when we, you know, turn the third, fourth quarter, we just end up taking off that trickled into the playoffs. And I mean, it was, it was right before the pandemic started. Obviously we can all remember that it was in Miami when the Chiefs won it, which was even just like crazier. Um, I was supposed to make reservations at one place. I got, you know, a little sauce too early on in the day. and We actually pulled up and they were like, no, nah, we don't have your name. And I'm sitting there like, damn, I definitely forgot to do that. Um, and I ended up at Chili's actually. Um, <laughs> but from reservations to Chili's. <laughs> Chili's. Hey, it's Super Bowl. You got to make reservations for everywhere. Put this in context. I think we were going to like Duffy's or something like that. So it was like, you got you to gotta do your due diligence. I definitely did not. But I, I remember the game, and once again, went down. You know, in the second second quarter, we were we had a there was a two double digit. Forty nine had a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter, and you know, Dame Will and and Patrick Mahomes and company pulled it off. I do remember that, and uh, I cried that night, man. This is my first Super Bowl. I'm like, I, I cried walking out of Chili's. Like I shed real deal tears. I'm not man. mad at it. Real deal tears. What about three years later, man, when you guys, you know, made it back to the big day and didn't, you know, like I said, the agony, we, we, we talked about the spoils. What was that week of, of the Super Bowl where you guys didn't come out victorious? Like, um, you, so you cried when you won. I didn't cry when we won. Um, I, it was such a great time, you know, the, I don't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I was filled with joy excuse me, with joy. And, you know, it was, it was a feeling of like such elation, but when we lost, man, did I cry? Did I cry? That was tough. It was, um, it was a lot of saltiness. I was older. I was in high school. So I know that like, you know, the shit talk was going to be a little heavier. I had a friend who was a saints fan in my class. So I'm, I, I remember just knowing that I had to go see him on Monday day after. Um, but what made it worse is that, I grew up in a in a 
in a shit talking family, right? Shout out to my, my my pop, shout out to my mom and my sisters. Like we all give each other shit. We all talk shit to each other. And there's just banter going back and forth, whether it's me and my sisters being Heat fans, my dad being a Laker fan or whatever, uh, my mom being a Heat fan as well, or, you know, the Red Sox, Yankees thing in the household. That was a thing growing up. Um, when it was Super Bowl Sunday, we all always picked a team, whether it was our team in it or not. We all picked a team and said, all right, I'm rocking with this team. Y'all rocking with this team. And like, we kind of just, y'all on that side, we on this side, you know? And we made it a fun thing for the family to, to be able to be competitive with each other. So this particular week, man, it's, it's, it's Colts versus Saints. This is Drew Brees versus Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning trying to get to his second Super Bowl, or, you know, win his second Super Bowl. And Drew Brees trying to win his first. And when I tell you my whole family chose the Saints, and and let me you know cheer for my team by myself. It was it was a long day. I mean, it was a good game. Don't get me wrong. You know, the, the game wasn't a a blowout. It wasn't anything like that. However, when we when we threw that pick six to Tracy Porter, I already knew you know this. All right, this is over. This is the starting of of the finish here. And so, um, getting toward the end of the game, we had balloons in the house. Saints balloons, Colts balloons. Man, I after that pick six and maybe like one more drive after that, I just went in my room. I started crying, closed the door, locked it. And my, I just remember my mom, my sister banging on my room door, just talking shit, screaming, ah, y'all lost, y'all lost. I'm sitting there like, they think it's a joke. I'm not joking. Like, I'm really in one of the worst pains I've ever felt at this point in my life. You know, 14 years old or so haven't experienced any type of heartbreak or any hardships thankfully so like this is one of the realest pains i've i've had to deal with and this is before the heat lost to the mavericks that summer right so or not that summer but a couple years before so i remember coming out to my coming out to the living room and they had taped the colts balloon on the door they cut it in half and taped it on a door it was just a bunch man so super bowl week for fans of the teams that are playing is a heavy week it's an anxiety filled week you know you you don't know if your team is going to you know be lifted up as the greatest or what happens from here you know what i mean and i think we have that kind of show out this week right we have two teams who have seen each other you just mentioned in 2019-2020 in miami they faced off in the super bowl where the chiefs came back from down double digits in the fourth Patrick Mahomes, you know, shows the world who he is. Patrick Mahomes right now is trying to go back to back. Kyle Shanahan is trying to finally win that ring. And this is the second time Mahomes is trying to go back to back, might I add. And he was unsuccessful versus Brady the first time. However, it's Purdy now. And it's more than that because they have a really good team around him. But and we'll talk about the ins and outs of that. But you know, just kind of looking at the game, Kyle Shanahan has a lot riding on this game, man. And I'm not going to say that he's not going to be the man for the job next year if they lose this game, because to get your team here as much as they do and be as competitive as they are regular season successfully, uh, success as much as they have, not being able to win the big one has to say something. And I'm not sure what that says just yet. So that was just my observation. 
I could totally agree there. I could totally agree there. And I mean, I've said it. I've said it all year. You know, we'll we'll actually go into uh, a little bit of a preview. You just alluded to Mahomes not getting it done against Brady. Real quick for me, that that week was very just crazy, only because it was like back to back to back. Like I'm here again. I was just here last year, and I'm here again. This is unreal. And just seeing the season that Brady just had, first year coming down to Tampa Bay, it was rocky at first. At one point, around like week four or five, they lost four straight, and everyone was like, oh, does Brady still have it? Is it really the Belichick way, not the Brady way? And surely some way, he wins the division, gets to the playoffs, makes it to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes trying to go back-to-back in Tampa Bay. It was just written for, for Brady, of course. A lot of people say that. And it was it was it was heartbreaking for sure. I remember that night. It was we we did like a I, I got to go over here first, and then we'll go to where the Super Bowl party is actually happening. It's like the vibes were already weird. Like I had you know. What That's I mean? where you messed up, bro. Like you got <laughs> you got to pick where you're gonna be for the Super Bowl, right? There is no. I mean, listen. If it's not your team, just here for the vibes. You know, you might spend the first half over here at Bro's house. Maybe you go to Shorty House. For the second half, whatever the case is. But if it's your team, bro, like today's Monday of Super Bowl week. This is where we got and 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 Monday's a little late, but Monday is you know where you start to figure out what we're doing for Super Bowl Sunday, right? I'm not here to play around. My team is in the Super Bowl. I'm not here to be partying with y'all. I'm here to be looking at every single play that's being snapped. And if we win, guess what? Let's have a party. We could party after the game. And if we lose, I don't want to hear none of this. I wasn't even trying to party with y'all anyways. Fuck y'all. That's that's really how it feels. And so I hope you, well, you know, being in a position that you're in right now, moving to Atlanta recently, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure you don't have, you know, 15 friends you made where you're going to do Super Bowl parties and and you're going to have to go see them and then go see them. Listen, stay nah, home. It's at the crib. Yeah, yeah. We, we at the home, crib with it. Right? CBS works. Order some food, get you some drink, and see what the team could do, man. See what the team could do. You gotta have the vibe. The vibes gotta be high when your team is playing in the Super Bowl. And oddly enough, I'll say this: when the Colts played in two Super Bowls in my lifetime, the vibes were higher on the day that we lost than the day that we won. But I'm gonna blame it on the rain. The rain really was just throwing the vibe off of the day. My vibe was still high. I was still enjoying myself. But it was funny because it was a rainy day at home and the vibes were a little weird, but it was also in Miami, the Super Bowl that year. So it was like, this is kind of translating it was. the game. Like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, it's it's snowing out here and they're doing the Super Bowl in Vegas and, you know, it's it's just a regular day. It was, it was in Miami. We're in Broward. It was raining. It was a very rainy game in Miami that year when the Colts won. Uh, Colts actually played in two Super Bowls in Miami. Damn, you're right. Yeah, we both won our first Super Bowls in Miami. I'm just Shout out to Miami, yeah, man. Shout, shout out to Hard Rock. Miami. You know what I'm saying? Bro. Dolphin Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Pro player, if, you, if you're from that era. Joe Robbie, if you're Joe from Robbie. that era. You know what I'm saying? All that, all that. Like I was saying, we'll get into this, into this Super Bowl preview, but I really want to... Kind of, we'll talk about matchups and things like that. But I really want to kind of kick it off with this question because I realized this earlier. And if Purdy shows up to Vegas and pulls off a dub, he's going to be joining the likes of 
Tom Brady, Joe Burrow as the only as one of three QBs to have beaten Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. What kind of pressure and what would that do for his legacy do you think he's on right now? I mean, look, Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant, right? He's in his second year. He went to the playoffs, got hurt last year in the NFC Championship game. He's in the second NFC Championship game in as many years. He's healthy. He's got his team around him. Um, this would be big. This would be very big if Brock Purdy is able to go into Vegas and come home with the Super Bowl, knowing that it took whether the help of his his offense, defense, special teams, and himself to beat Patrick Mahomes. That's the, the key here. Like, as much as I'm looking at this game as Chiefs versus 49ers, I'm I'm really focusing on the fact that this is a Patrick Mahomes legacy game. This just further cements, you know, his credentials and him being one of the best, if not the best player to ever play this game when it's all said and done. And so if you're going to be the guy to topple that, the guy to, you know what I'm saying, stump that as Brock Purdy, when you lose, it's on the quarterback. And when you win, you know, the quarterback has to get fair credit as well. I understand that this team is strong defensively. You know, they have Debo Samuel. They have Christian McCaffrey. You know, ample help around the board. But Brock Purdy has to do his job in order for them to have a chance to win. And he has to do a little bit more of his job like he did last week or two weeks ago in the NFC Championship game for him to cement himself as far as having an impact on winning this game and just beating the Chiefs in general. It's not going to just take, you know, all the other guys. Brock Purdy's going to have to be on his A game, and he's going to have to make some extra plays if he wants to win. I think it'll do a number on his legacy, um, and and if he does win this game, man, we're going to be looking at Brock Purdy as from Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl champion. That says enough. Matt changed his name to Mr. Relevant instead of Mr. Irrelevant. I don't know. He's gonna he's definitely gonna need a new nickname. I I would just be like, just call me Super Bowl champion, Mr. Irrelevant. That's that's all I would say. Put some respect on it, as they say. Do the Chiefs need this Super Bowl to be considered a legitimate dynasty at this point? It would be three in five years. Or is the dynasty already in effect right now, Jim? I would like to think the dynasty is in effect right now because I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game. But to solidify them being a dynasty, I do think they have to win another one. I mean, I'm just looking back as far as the Patriots, the Patriots being a dynasty. You look at the Warriors. The Warriors are one of the more um, recent dynasties in, in pro sports. And they've got three, you know. Patrick Mahomes got two. And three and five years says a lot more than two and five years. And so to be able to have the opportunity to go and, and play in that game three out of five times, it's great. But we're talking about dynasty. Like that word dynasty isn't a word that we throw around. It's not a word that we use for every other team here or there. Dynasties earn their, their right to be called dynasties. And I think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes understand that. Um, and so, yes, to answer, they do have to win this game here and win their third Super Bowl in five years so that we can say this Chiefs kingdom, this is a dynasty. 20, 2019 to 2024 will never be forgotten. And not to say that they'll be forgotten if they lose this game. It's just not going to hit the same. And I hope we understand that. 
A thousand percent, a thousand percent. And this defense that the Chiefs are sporting this time around, best defense, I mean, we talk about def- best defense that we've seen since the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era has begun, you know, 2018, 2019. This is the best defense that w- that I've had, that the Chiefs have had, that I've seen. Better than the offense, which is very interesting and very kind of polar to say with how the Chiefs have performed in these past couple of years. I mean, it was at first we saw Patrick Mahomes lighting up the sky with with, with Tyreek Hill and, and, and the likes of Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman. And now the offense struggled in, in the season, picked it up, you know, towards the end, definitely have been, did a complete 180 from the beginning of the season or, you know, about a quarter away into the season. And once the playoffs say it's like they just kicked it into a different gear. How big of a role is that going to play for the Chiefs to hopefully run this back to back? The defense showing up because I mean, I guess the receivers have decided to start ca- start catching balls at this point. So, how big of a of a role is, is is the Chiefs defense and I mean the defensive battle in general? Because that that Niners defense isn't anything to uh, to laugh at either. You're on, you're on mute, but. You're still on mute. Listen, I apologize. I was just trying to take a moment to acknowledge the chat. I thought you acknowledged me when I said that, and I didn't hear you say that I was still on mute. So I just wanted to say shout out to Ray, shout out to Sal, shout out to Christian, shout out to Jason, all in the chat, getting it popping. Um, Sal said he needs some of that buffalo chicken dip at the party. Shout out to, you know, Benzo for that. Facts. Uh, buffalo chicken dip. Um, and shout to South Stepdad for that steak. You put on and the, the and the burgers, the sliders, yo. What? Crazy. That's one thing. Hey, we'll get to that. Twenty twenty one Super Bowl party at South's crib was a night. The food was better than the game, no cap. And if you know, you know, Antoine and I. If you know, you know. Shout to Ant. We was, we ended up we ended up in North Miami. It's five in the morning. Um, <laughs> uh, but. Back to your question, as far as the defense, man, I, yeah, the Chiefs defense brought them here. This is the reason they're here. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, what they've been able to do later on in the season and in the playoffs. and um, But all season, the formula's been play really good defense and, you know, let Patrick Mahomes, give Patrick Mahomes an opportunity. And uh, that's exactly what they did, even down to the AFC Championship where – the Bills go and kick a field goal that they missed, Tyler Bass. They could have kicked that field goal and went up and took the lead in that game, but it was about the defense giving the Chiefs the opportunity to come back and get another shot, put the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hand. They didn't let Josh Allen run out the clock of the fourth quarter and and you know kick a game-winning field goal or what would have been a game-winning field goal. They were like, all right, you know what? Ben, don't break. We didn't break. Patrick Mahomes, you got over a minute left if he makes this field goal. So it's going to be everything, man. And and the defense is no fluke. They're no slouch. This isn't a, oh, but they got McCaffrey. They got Debo. Listen, this is what the Kansas City Chiefs defense is ready for. This is, this is what they prepared for all season, to come back to the Super Bowl. They signed a guy like Drew Tranquil, who I love this picture he posted on Instagram last week uh, after they won the AFC it was him kind of mulling offers, you know, in free agency, not sure where he was going to sign. And he just posted a text message of Coach Reed and his conversation. And Coach Reed basically told him, uh, 
he basically told him like you know for now let me know what's up for now if you need my my phone just call me i'm a, I'm a call away um under those lines and then he was like until then see red you know what i'm saying and that's the type of cultural impact the city of kansas city has the franchise like the chiefs have where you really just got to have a little bit of belief and then start to see everybody around you have that belief and then you see the fans just have that confidence in their belief and it has to be contagious i'm i'm sure it's contagious because when you're in a franchise that they don't know what winning is when you're in a franchise that has won here and there it's different but when you play for a franchise that this is literally their mo for the last however many 5 years or so we're going to call them a dynasty if they win this game you know you're, you you've joined a dynasty you have to think championship. You have to think best when you join here and when you're going to play here, right? Your Sundays are no longer just, I play Sunday in the NFL. No, I play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody's trying to knock our head off every week, right? So um, that was just a cool little thing I saw from you guys' free agent linebacker acquisition this past year. And um, yeah, bro, I, I think I think you guys are going to stand on your defense and, and that will be um a a key part of why you win the game. I still think Patrick Mahomes is gonna is gonna be the X factor in this game and is ultimately the reason, but the defense has to come out strong. Listen, Patrick Mahomes, man, he he's won each of his last six postseason starts. If he wins the Super Bowl this weekend, he'll be tied for the second longest streak in the Super Bowl era with the likes of John Elway, Troy Aikman, Joe Montana. Terry Bradshaw. So he's stepping into, if he hasn't already stepped into, which is arguably that he has, but he's stepping into a, a tier of his own at this point. I mean, the only person that managed to beat him in the postseason, Joe Burrow and the GOAT, Tom Brady. And, and you know, we would have kicked those that field goal at the end of the second half in the AFC Championship. Who knows? Who cares? Neither here nor there. You know, it, it does pain me. The, the agony. End of the first half. Sure. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I said second half, my fault. I remember Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, I, I was there. <laughs> real quick, uh, Ray said, Legereus Sneed is underrated for what he does. And he is. He is. He's, he is a cornerback one. Um, he's going to have a tough task, you know, trying to guard Debo Samuel, trying to stay with him. Obviously, Debo does a lot of stuff in the backfield with motion and running the ball and getting touches like that. So, I'm sure they're not going to have him follow him around or anything like that, but they do still got some other guys like Tim Jennings uh, and Brandon Ayuk. So pause, his hands will be full. You know, it'll, it'll be a tough day at the office, but we saw him completely lock up Tyree kill for a point of the game, you know, when they played the dolphins um, and he had to play Tyree kill twice. Obviously, their competitors dating back from their practices in Kansas City with uh, Tyreek Hill being an ex-chief. But uh, to see the growth from Legereus Need to me wasn't necessarily I wasn't necessarily as a as an outside fan, like the most confident in, in him as being their number one corner. Right. Uh, Tyron Matthew was a great deal over there and he did a lot in that defensive backfield. Sorensen was like the hole back there that everybody had to kind of cover for. Um, it feels like this is Legereus Sneed's defensive backfield now, right? And and he's 
having his way on certain guys. And we saw the clip where he was bullying Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill went to Twitter and told him, like, yeah, that was him. You know, he did his job. And so Jam me into Cancun, he said. <laughs> yeah. To see the growth, man, is 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 definitely um good good news for the uh for the Chiefs there. If that nineteen twenty Niners team had that man by the name of Christian McCaffrey. You think that? Turns I think out if they had Brock Purdy, they might have won that game. But go off. <laughs> Yo, you. I don't want to say you hate Jimmy Garoppolo, but they. Yeah, I do. But they <laughs> definitely, they definitely would have won if they had Christian McCaffrey. I mean, come on. And that's really the person that I'm hoping that Andy Reid is game planning for the most. But at the same time, you can't. You can't over game plan for CMC and then not game plan for Debo. Game over game plan for Debo, not game plan for CMC. Yep. And hey, then listen. you can't overlook Brock Purdy. You can't overlook Warner on the defense. You just can't. You bows down the defensive line. You just can't. There's one guy. There's one guy who can who can help this the most. He's one guy. He's only one man. And God made him so goddamn huge for a reason. <laughs> and he plays nose tackle. And it's Chris Jones. And if anybody's going to be a threat to this 49ers offensive attack, it starts on the you know front center. Christian McCaffrey and that line has to get pushed back. Chris Jones, you made that however many million dollars this year after sitting out however many games you sat out to start the season because you know I'm Chris Jones. Y'all need me, right? And the Chiefs was like, we'll see. Keep sitting in the press box. Keep sitting in the press box. All right. And the Chiefs saw, okay, you know what? If we want this number one, number two, number three defense, we got to fucking sign this guy. And I don't care what price it is. You guys go and give him the lucrative money that he wants. And he proved. This is why you guys paid me. I am Chris Jones once again. Well, guess what? This is the week that they paid. Obviously, everything it took, you know, and, and all the shit you did up until right now, it mattered. But nothing matters more than right now. And this is literally, Chris Jones, literally the reason the Kansas City Chiefs said, you know what? The X dollar that you want, this dollar amount that you want, and we're going to close our eyes and, and write it on a check. It's because... Right now, we knew we'd get back here and we know how much we're going to need you. So I'm not saying, please, Chris Jones. No, no, no. That's Chris Jones' job. That's who he is. He is a game wrecker. And I understand, like you said, you can't over game plan for CMC. You can't over game plan for Debo. I hope you got a game plan for Nick, Nick Boza on the other side. But Chris Jones has to be at his best. Has to be at his best. Speaking of Nick Boza, earlier this week he was asked what he thinks about the Chiefs' offensive line in three words. Bulletin material, as like to call it in Kansas City. Three words. He said, they hold a lot. Hey, I, I don't know. If there's no okay. whistle, if a, bear, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, if, if, if someone gets held and the ref don't blow the whistle, is it, is it really? <laughs> so we'll hey, see, man. man. I, hey, shout out to Kanye West. He he dropped the album in uh, late 2008, and uh, the title of the song is called Paranoid. There's one part of the song that goes, you worry about the wrong things, the wrong things. 
If you know it, sing with me. <laughs> nah, but, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's to me kind of mind games. You know, it, it's it's talking shit a little bit. You know, you're, you're letting the opponent know, like, <laughs> if, if y'all ain't hold as much as y'all did, y'all probably wouldn't be as good. But at the same time, it kind of shows me a little bit of maybe mental weakness there. Like, listen, you got to focus on what you can focus on, bro. Focus on what, what you can fix, right? You can't fix the fact that the refs don't call holding. Just be as great as you can and make them hold you and make it make it obvious. That's what you could do. So probably a little bit gamesmanship, but I'm never going to be the type. Again, remember, I started this podcast saying that I grew up in a household of shit talkers, right, by nature. Whether it's about football, whether it's about who cooks better, whatever the case is, we're talking shit. And it's all friendly. But one thing I've never been a fan of, and like seeing on Twitter and like last year, the Heat and the Knicks, we were talking shit to each other. And after every game, oh, I'm going to hear a Knicks fan after every Heat win. Oh, those refs, man. Listen, those refs. Listen, <laughs> refs are horrible. Listen, the refs suck. We, EP, we've been talking about this all since year. The of the football season. We've talked about it since October when basketball season started. And we talked about it probably two weeks ago when or last week when. This Max Strews got kicked out of the game or a technical foul for handing the ball to the ref a little too too strong. The refs are gonna suck. Let's not talk about it. That's my thing. That yeah, I ain't never even, wanna be the guy to talk about shit that don't that don't have nothing. You can't control the refs, bro. Even in the uh Duke North Carolina game uh two nights ago, it was like 40 nine seconds left in the game and the ref you know has to make a call he walks over to the announcer table he literally says i'm gonna get booed bad for this one but here's the call <laughs> it's like whoa that's great bro. <laughs> wasn't great for us duke fans but you know we'll, we'll we'll get him back at cameron indoor in a couple of weeks don't worry don't worry we'll see you again soon do you got any other super bowl preview topics that you want to get through before we Go into a little more NFL talk. Be enemy out as OC in Washington, things like that. Um, let's talk about let's let's kind of go into let's talk about uh like history of the Super Bowl. And by the way, Ray, I love you, brother. You know you like family to me. Let's just be nice in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Be a little more respectful. Appreciate you. Um, let's talk about. Maybe the the best play you've ever seen in Super Bowl history, EP. I'll, I'll answer with mine after, um, but we'll talk about the best play you've ever seen, and then we'll get into mine, and then the worst play, and then we'll get into mine. Contrary to popular belief, a lot of people probably think I'm going to go with something that happened in one of the Chiefs Super Bowls, but I'm not. I could, but I'm not. I'm actually going to go with, and I actually referenced this in the pre-show with you, I'm going to your Super Bowl that you won. Wow, De- don't do the, that. The don't Devin that. Hester kickoff return to open the game is probably has to be one of the most exciting moments because I was a Devin Hester fan. Like I was, yeah. you know, Dante. The, the, the kick returning game in the, you know, early to mid 2000s was just it. Like the special teams was was it. It was, if you had a popping special team, they was fucking with you, no cap. And to see Devin Hester come out of Miami, of course, I, I, being a Canes fan, and to play, watch him play in the Super Bowl and return the opening kickoff to the highs, that's probably best it was Super like, Bowl. 
You knew it was coming. I'm not going to lie. We knew it was coming, and I had a feeling as I'm sitting there as a Colts fan. Mind you, I'm a Hurricanes fan. Devin Hester is the era I grew up in. I'm rooting for Devin Hester no matter who he plays. I'm rooting for him against the Colts. Like, I'm I'm all pro Devin Hester. Now, right before that kickoff, I ain't going to lie, I had a feeling like that'd be something. That'd be something. But, nah, like, hell no. Yo, when he took that kickback, it was just like I had to be I had to be happy because one, it wasn't a turning point in the game. It wasn't a moment of like where do we go from here now? It was just to, to kick off the Super Bowl. Like this man Devin Hester really is about that back in Miami where he played, where he's from. And yeah, I can wholeheartedly agree Devin Hester had a great play. I I'm I'm stuck between two plays that I saw and I remember at, like at the moment I saw them, it was just like the cra- I, I, that was what we were talking about on Monday at school. You know what I'm saying? And so, I'm gonna go with David Tyree helmet catch. I wanted to go there too, but I insane, just, I... bro, insane. Like, first of all, Eli Manning, who is not elusive at all. Doesn't have an athletic bone in his body. <laughs> Found a way. That Patriots defense, as always, but specifically that year, that Patriots defense was nasty. You know, they were, di- they were different. They were different. They was nasty. Rodney Harrison was still on that team, and he's actually a part of this play. Um, yeah, bro, like getting out the pocket, getting out the sack, scrambling right. And turning around and throwing the ball up, like, I know he's over there. It's David Tyree. It's not Plaxico Burris. Like, it isn't one of my guys. Nobody knew this guy. I mean, I'm, I was – I didn't know David Tyree's at that point. And this man goes up and catches the ball with his helmet. Not only does he stick the ball to his helmet, when he comes down, physics, bro, it's crazy. Physics in sports is like – it's. it reminds me of that Julian Edelman catch in the 28 – this is actually the – think seven year anniversary or so of the 28 to three comeback. So any Falcons fans hearing this, I apologize for bringing that up, but Julian Edelman caught a third down pass in that drive that started it all. And the ball tipped up and bounced and it almost hit the ground, but he, you know, momentum switched from there. This David Tyree thing, he was coming down and his body was going full speed to the ground. And for whatever reason, the ball just stops, doesn't touch the ground, and, and he maintains control and possession, and they ended up going to win that game. Uh, so just for shits and giggles, the other play that I had was the Santonio San Holmes in the back of the end zone, like last second oh. touchdown. That was just like, what a throw, what a catch, what a moment, what the fuck. You know what I'm saying? It was just like all of those emotions wrapped into one. Um, so shout out to the Steelers, and they actually won that game as well. Um, which capped off an amazing Super Bowl too. That was great. Uh 49er uh sorry, Cardinal Steelers, great Super Bowl 2010, 2009, 2010 I want to say. Mm. Might have been 2008. What you should say? Let's see. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with. I mean, 
Sorry, Seahawks fans. Seattle. <laughs> Sorry, Seahawks fans, but you don't run with Marshawn Lynch on the two yard line, and then you don't even you don't even not get it. No, not only do you not get it, but you throw it to the other team. Great play made, of course. Um, but I think I think that had to have been it. And if and if I want I want footage of this because I always I always love watching Marshawn Lynch tell the story about how he ran up to Pete Carroll and just laughed in his face after. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would love to see like actual footage of that, but that would definitely be the worst play I've ever seen. Hundred percent. And and it's crazy because Richard Sherman, there's a a gif that came from all this, and his face of just disgust and it's like no when you put yourself in his shoes right there that has to be probably top three worst feelings he's felt in his life that we're making a gif of you know we're, we're we'll send it to like a chick to be funny or like your homie to respond to and it's like he sees that gif floating around and i'm sure he's like if only you motherfuckers knew how how disgusted I felt at the moment. It was nothing he could do. He's on the sidelines playing defense. It's all up to the offense and the coaches. And you're on the two-yard line with the timeout. You don't run the ball. You have Marshawn Beast Mode Lynch. And and that's why the Seattle Seahawks lasted as long as they did. Cause and, yeah, and credit credit to Malcolm Butler, man, because I mean the play that he made to be able to jump on that route and not and, give up. Not give up, yeah. A lot of people because they could have. You could like at that point, you know. Obviously, I'm sure they their eyes lit up when they were like, "Wait, they're throwing the ball." Hold on, <laughs> like hold on. But it's easy to feel deflated in that moment. It's easy to feel like we don't have enough. Fuck, like he played until the last moment and opportunity, and uh, that paid off big because he he you know his name blew up. He didn't have. You know, Malcolm Butler's not a premier corner in this league. Um, by no means is he a slouch, but that kind of just did it for him for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was his big moment, and it was great to be able to have that moment in a Super Bowl game that won, you know, like a clinching play. So, um, for mine, by the way, if you are watching in the chat right now, drop your favorite Super Bowl play that you've ever witnessed and the worst Super Bowl play that you ever witnessed. If you agree with us where you're going to say Seattle Seahawks throwing the ball versus the Patriots, I can't blame you. Um, I do want to hear, you know, some more of the positive side of things. The negative worst play I saw in the Super Bowl had to be the onside kick coming out of second half, Sean Payton. <laughs> dropping his nuts on Tony Dungy and essentially winning the Super Bowl right there. Like ever since that moment, things went downhill. Shit felt weird. Team started playing worse. Like shit, bro. Like unbelievable. First of all, like onside kick to start the half in a Super Bowl. That's unheard of. So shout yeah. out to Sean Payton for having some guts. You know what I'm saying? We talk about unserious football. That's very serious football. That's, that's like when you say risky business, risky, risky business, bro. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbled that night. And um, it was a great play for them. And it's probably one of the most famous plays in Super Bowl history. But for me, heartbreak. 
Hey, while we wait for some of those, you know, memories and people's favorite Super Bowl play, where Super Bowl play to come in the chat. It's about six fifty-five Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm going. You know, you know what? I'm feeling. I'm feeling generous today. I'm feeling. I'm feeling good this evening. You know, and I'm saying the vibes are right. So if you if you're watching this right now, you're a gambling person, man, woman, whoever's watching this. I'm gonna give you the. Yes, I'm, I'm giving you EP's play of the night because one of the le- it's a four leg parlay at plus five oh seven, and one of the one of the legs starts in about five minutes. So we're gonna tease two of these down. If you don't know what teasing is, it's not that kind. Pause. Right. Uh, it's when you buy points in order to make the outcome a little more favorable. Right. So we're gonna take the Cleveland Cavaliers are about three point favorites. We're gonna buy them down to plus three. So they either need to win or not lose by more than three. We're going to buy Golden State down in the association from a pick to plus six points. So it either needs to win or not lose by more than six points. We're going to go ahead and take the over 132 in the Hurricane and Virginia Cavalier basketball game. And then the over 137 in the Incarnate World and Southeastern Louisiana basketball game. Four legs plus 507. We'll see what happens and we'll talk about the results on this week's Thursday episode. There it is. Shout out to Ant in the chat right now saying he loves the layout. We love it too. Shout out to Lou, you know, hooking us up. Man, appreciate you. My cousin Lou, man, he do his big thing. We still got some minor tweaks. We'll see changes um, on Thursday's episode. Me and EP will have a talk and um, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, bro, this is this is the All Things Sports Podcast. This is what it looks like. Get used to it. You're going to see our faces, you know what I'm saying, multiple times a week on this same very format. Hopefully, we get to bring some of you guys on here and you guys can join us as guests. We got a couple more slots available. So um, we just appreciate the love there. And E, if you are being as generous as you say, I'm going to challenge you here. Maybe try to you got a couple minutes, but maybe try to put those locks on the screen. Can they see the locks? Maybe they just, mm. it was quick. It, was, it quick. was, it was. You know what? I'll go through it again. I don't know if I can put it on the screen, there but there you go. Give I, me the I'll, I'll time. go you know through it again. Call the number nine, slow down. It's like leaving a voicemail. <laughs> you got to like, all right, call me back at 987-986-2627-987-976-2627. So real quick, because we got three minutes into game time for this Cleveland game. You're going to buy Cleveland Cavaliers down to plus three. Golden State Warriors down to plus six. You'll take the over 132 in the Miami Hurricane and Virginia Cavalier college basketball game and the over 137 in the southeastern Louisiana college basketball game. Again, that's four legs plus 507. I'm not going to lie. Hey, EP talking about I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. I'll give you some locks. It took the fucking Kansas City Chiefs to get back to the Super Bowl for him to give you guys some locks. Let's hope something else good happens with his favorite team. He don't got a favorite basketball team. Don't look too far. But if Duke starts balling out coming, you know, in, in the ACC tournament, y'all might get some, some more picks that evening. Oh, man. Do we have – let me check the chat real quick. Shout out to Ant. Nobody, nobody wanted to share their all little, right, their little to do that. It's all good. It's all good. We still love the chat. So, earlier this week, there was a rumor that Cleef Kingsbury was headed over Cleef. to Las Vegas. Headed over to Las Vegas. He was like, ah, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm straight off that, essentially. He withdrew his name from, from being in that little hat of candidates. 
and he ends up as the offensive coordinator in Washington. Dan Quinn recently gets a job, brings over King Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, and now we have Cliff Kingsbury as an OC in Washington. And then we get young Caleb Williams, perspective, you know, top two draft picked the draft pick this year, congratulating his former offensive analyst. He already said he doesn't want to go to Chicago. And we still got Justin Fields in Chicago. Is Caleb Williams that would Caleb Williams fit in Washington? Is that a, is that a good place in and is Chicago not going to pick him? Do you think Chicago's going to keep Justin Fields at this point? Because they have to do something by by the, the combine, I would assume, because a lot of people are going to start deciding where they're going. We're going to see, by that point, I would assume, you know, maybe Russell Wilson has a job, maybe some other people have jobs. So they got to they gotta get the ball rolling on this, If whether they're going to move Justin Fields and draft Caleb or keep Justin Fields and, and draft Caleb, which is kind of wild, or just move on from the whole Caleb Williams idea as as a whole what do you think about it's a lot it's a lot to unpack here first and foremost cliff kingsbury joining washington as an oc i think it's great he's under dan quinn he doesn't have to you know have that head coaching job as we uh as we saw him have some success and then struggle mightily in arizona um i don't think he's a bad coach at all a lot of the players talk very highly about him his preparation and what he's able to do um, to get the team ready. But um, I think OC is where he belongs. And listen, as far as the job in Las Vegas, I'm not sure what is going on with the Vegas Raiders. He had agreed in principle to, you know, coach as the OC in Vegas and then turned around and said, no, thank you. I'll go to Washington. And supposedly, according to Adam Schefter, it was a financial thing. Uh, the Raiders weren't willing to give him three years and the money he wanted. They were only willing to give him two years and the money he wanted. And the commanders were willing to give him three years and say goodbye to Eric Bieniemy. So this weekend was Cliff Kingsbury's joining the Raiders. Oh, no, he's not. He's actually going to sign with the commanders and join Dan Quinn's staff. And so... It looks like they're building something nice out there in Washington. Do he do 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 Caleb Williams fit is 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 a funny question to me. And it's no disrespect. I respect the question. But like, I think anybody that needs a quarterback, Caleb Williams fits. You know what I'm saying? Like. This is one of the most highly touted guys coming out of the draft since like an Andrew Luck or a Cam Newton. uh, Trevor Lawrence hype, you know what I'm saying? And. The Bears have an opportunity to do something great here. They they can they can draft their future quarterback for the next 10 years. They can trade out and show that they do believe in Justin Fields and what he's been able to do. Um, either way, the Bears are going to they're going to win in the regard of we're gonna come up because you're either coming up this number one prospect who can really, really help a franchise, hopefully. Or you're going to get draft capital for the team that wants to trade up and uh, and draft Caleb Williams. Now, if I'm the Bears, I'm drafting a quarterback. 
I'm not going to lie. I'm drafting a quarterback, and I'm trading Justin Fields. I've seen enough. As far as arm talent, Justin Fields is smart. Justin Fields understands the game. He knows the offense. He can run. We obviously see how special he is as, a, as an athlete. But is he the guy that's – mind you, we got the New York Sirens in the background. Shout out Let's to the go. Um, let me bring you all into my world. But, man – Caleb Williams, you tell him you have the opportunity to sign one of the highest looked at prospects in draft history right now, and you're going to play with that? Knowing that this franchise has had a drought of quarterbacks forever, never had a franchise guy, Justin Fields being the number one guy in forever, however long it's been, Justin Fields might not be the answer. And I'm not saying he's not, but to think that in his fourth year, he might not. I think you're playing with fire a little bit because say he does ball out this year. Justin Fields balls out, right? Has a great year. Second in the division they finish. They go to the wild card, Bears. You got to pay Justin Fields. And Justin Fields isn't going to ask for third-round pick money. Justin Fields is going to ask for first-round pick money. I just want a playoff. Or I just got to the playoffs. Don't let them win a playoff game. Add that to his resume because now you're going to be looking at a New York Giants Daniel Jones situation. Look at them now, you know. I bet they wish they didn't spend that 40 40 something million on, on their quarterback. They did. If I'm the Bears, I'm drafting a new quarterback, getting a new rookie contract, and taking a chance and a leap of faith on somebody who everybody thinks is going to be a baller. You know what I'm saying? There's no doubt that anybody has as far as is Caleb Williams going to play good. Of course he is. You know, we don't know this. We've seen him play in college. He's a Heisman winner. But the speculation is that, yeah, of course. Justin Fields doesn't have that type of name around his buzz around his name where everything you're you're doing is kind of singing high praises to him. You're questioning things. Does he hold on to the ball too long? Is it him? Is it the offensive line or is it a mixture of him? Does he Can he make all the throws? Is he going to get hurt running the ball as much as he does? Are we going to have to conform our offense around him more so than him being able to play with the group of guys that we have? There's a lot of questions when you can say, you know what, reset, quarterback, we don't have to worry about the money thing for another four years after this year. If I'm the Bears, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. I'm not Ryan Poles. I understand that the Bears GM has a big opportunity to get a lot of draft capital. For that first pick, you know, but uh, I think you got to do what's best for the franchise here. Hey, and shout out to Ant in the group chat. I mean, in the group chat in the uh, in the chat in the pod chat right now, the live chat, saying they should draft Marvin Harrison Jr. How do you feel about them keeping Justin Fields and and drafting just, somebody around them? So, okay, there is a there is a. I see that. And you're trading down, right? You're trading down because you're not going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. number one overall. You're going to trade down to where you feel this is where I can certainly get him. That's the risk you're taking because you don't know if number two is going to want to creep up and, and draft for him. But I do think if you put the best pieces available around Justin Fields, he'll have success. I don't think Justin Fields is career is over i don't think that there's no more you can get out of him i think the best is yet to come from justin fields 
It's just that I don't know if the Bears want to make the move to continue with him. And when we start talking financials, that's where I start to really, really not get it. Like, you can literally reset the market again, pay Caleb rookie money for four years. You drafted Justin Fields in the first round. He's going to get that, you know what I'm saying, fit, uh, you have to pay him, you know what I'm saying, coming up soon. So, like, and are you going to pay him his top dollar, what he's worth, or what you think he's worth, and is he going to be willing to accept that? So I, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a financial thing for the Bears. And when it's, okay, financials, but at the same time, we might get somebody more talented while not paying this guy all that money in the world. You got to consider that. Ant said a uh, different draft situation than the Giants. Giants kind of had to. Yeah, and I get that. That's fair. I'm not saying like Giants are so stupid, which a part of them, yes, is dumb as fuck for paying Daniel Jones the money they paid him based on one season that he proved. But they were also in more of a bind. The season he did prove, it went well. Everybody played up to their standard and magically just went back to shit a year after. You can't really blame them so much, but Man, you just you telling me like Caleb Williams is 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 right there. I mean, we 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 literally did what we had to do as far as last year's draft and as far as this year's team record to put ourselves in position to have the number one overall pick. This is the game. This is the game right here, and this is the biggest game of the of the Bears season. This is the biggest game right here, NFL draft. What are you gonna do? The ball's in your court on your field, I should say, as far as the NFL is concerned. Now we have, as we were just saying, Cliff Kingsbury in Washington as an OC. It, Washington didn't really announce that they were letting go, parting ways with Eric Bieniemy. They just kind of hired somebody else for his job. You know, that was it, it was kind of hey, hey, look, that's how it worked when you got a new staff member. Like, look, this ain't Ron Rivera's stomping grounds, all right? I'm Dan Quinn. I'm going to hire an OC. They told me you was an OC. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> they told me this it's is crazy. Moss, uh, you you gonna let them know? I'm Cliff. This is my guy. I don't know about the other guys. That's how that works. Nasty work, nasty work. What do you think is next for the enemy? Do uh, does he go back to I, Kansas hey, City or? Because hey. listen, I'm not I, mean, lie, I haven't. I'm not gonna act like I put too many too much thought about this, especially that. This report came out yesterday or today and be enemy. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, if he was going to move into a different role in the offense or if they were going to relieve him. Obviously, they are going to relieve him now that we learned that a few hours ago. First thought is like, shit, go see if Kansas City's still hiring. Like, that's a if they win, it's a dynasty, right? We just said that it's a dynasty. You can go back and continue. With, we will forget about that one little year you had in Washington. Ain't nobody tripping off that. You had Ron Rivera. You had Sam Howell. You, he led the league in passing yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, Facts. Go back go back fucking with Patrick Mahomes, them. And we, we know that ugh, the AFC West doesn't mind paying coaches. You know, that, that, that's not going to be an issue. I mean, considering. Well, and, well, and, and, well and, they, they did take a hit to their name today with Cliff Kingsbury running for the OC job and them not wanting to give him the top dollar That's he true. wanted. So, but I, not to say. And considering Andy Reid's Andy Reid's the third lowest paid head coach in He's that division. He's just here to ball, man. That's He's it. just here to ball. 
When you listen, when you operate in a dynasty, the money ain't the first thing you're thinking of. All right. Any great team that has to listen, sacrifice is the first word that you think about when you're talking about greatness. All right. It's sacrifice. It isn't paid. It isn't money. It isn't bank account. It isn't dollar. It isn't millions. The word is sacrifice, whether that's your time, whether that's your money, whether that's, you know, doing things that you like so you can listen, sacrifice. And Andy Reid is the epitome of sacrifice. You telling me he's a bottom three paid coach in the league? He's running a dynasty right now? Clock in. Clock in. It makes (laughs) me want to go to work. (laughs) Clock in and don't clock out. Nah, that's real. That's real. (laughs) Hey, any more more football you want to get through? Any more football talk you want to get through before we uh, transition into a little NBA talk and then, you know, wrap the show up? Let's get it, bro. I'm, I'm ready. And it's just kind of, you know, little friendly, I guess, you know, we bring you the real in sports, but, you know, we got to, we're going to start doing, you know, some, some, some of the funny stories here and there. LeBron finally asks about his hourglass tweet after, obviously, management said, hey, we're not going anywhere. We're staying in L.A. We're good in L.A. We plan to continue in L.A. LeBron obviously has the, has the, the end goal of playing with Bronny, you know, and, and we'll get to USC woman's side on the second because shout out to Juju Watkins but he's finally responded and when asked like hey do you want to elaborate Bill, the most Bill Belichick-esque answer no nope. hey <laughs> Braun is going to be the most vibrant person to speak to or the most Bill Belichick guy to talk to and I guess it just depends on the mood for his day EP do me a favor if you can if it's not too much to ask you see right now we're on the show it says Caleb Williams to Chicago, Washington. Now that we've transitioned to the NBA, would you mind putting uh, Lakers stop Knicks streak at nine? You mind putting that real quick? <laughs> I, I want to talk about that. Uh, oh, and, I, and I'm sure Antoine is uh, – oh, he said he's clocking back in. That boy on the clock. Shout out to Antoine. Listening to us on break, man. Listen, if you're in the car, if you're at work – if you're home doing yoga, whatever you're doing, man, we appreciate that you stop for 5, 10, 15, maybe an hour episode to listen to EP and Julian talk and give you the real in sports. It's 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 not a joke. We really appreciate it. But a thousand percent. Yeah, look at that. Lakers stop Nick streak at nine. Let's talk about it. Now, I, I really just wanted to boss up real quick. That was pretty cool. I'm watching the stream here. I, you know what I'm saying? This is this is I, I Shout out to Lou, my cousin, Knicks fan. Um, you know what I'm saying? This is great. This is great. Um, but just to talk about Friday night real quick, you go seven minutes without scoring any buckets and and in the fourth quarter, and you know, you've already put yourself in uh in negative in negative land in 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 your own way. So the Lakers went to the garden, they were well rested. Obviously, AD and Braun sat out the night before in preparation of going to their trip to the garden. Um, and LeBron showed up and showed out. Austin Reeves played a good game. D'Angelo Russell had a really good game. Obviously, Jalen Brunson had a good game. We talked about him last week. Look, and said, All right, I'm out. Um, <laughs> uh, he had a really good game versus the Pacers, and then follows up with that 34 or whatever point game versus the Lakers. Um, it just you know, they're battling right now. They're dealing with OG Ananobi's elbow. Julius Randle's got to get better from the shoulder. But um, things are really trending upward for the Knicks right now. It's crazy to me that 
since December, the Clippers are 25 and 5. And since January, I want to say the Knicks are maybe 13 and 3, 13 and 4. Or so, so um, just shout out to good basketball being played. I saw, you know, the other day I was looking at um, like the daily scoreboard of the NBA and it was just a bunch of blowouts. And, you know, this, I, I'll talk about it every week if I have to, but we see blowouts way too often in this league. And um, it pains me to watch you know, these, these games where you think it's a marquee matchup sometimes and it's a 15-point game in the third quarter, whatever. So shout-out to the Lakers and the Knicks putting together a good game on Friday night for ESPN and the fans to watch, and uh, they were going after it. Yeah, and LeBron also, not only did he show up and show out, but he showed up wearing blue and orange. <laughs> And then made a comment. He's one of the most cryptic athletes ever, bro. Yeah, you know, I've always had a thought about playing in New York at some point in my career. <laughs> which I, is facts. Which is facts. Because 2010, when he was a free agent and considered joining Miami, he was also considering the Knicks. So is he referencing the fact that almost 15 years ago, you know, he wanted to be a Nick? Or is I he thought saying, about it. I thought about it, you know, recently. I don't know. Yo, shout out to Bron and, you know, the Lakers. You know what? Do you think he can win LA another championship right now And and by the time his contract is up? No. Do you think he can win another one regardless? Or do you you think his reign? Of course. Of course. No, no, no. LeBron James is, is still that guy. LeBron James can still lead a team to the finals. But... This Lakers team that they have this year, I do think that this Lakers team, if they all click, like, and we see some of that basketball that was being played on Friday night, they can get back to the Western Conference Finals. I could see that, and that it would take a lot, man. It would take a lot, and I could see them getting back, but I don't think they're good enough to get back to the finals. And then if they do, to then win one, it's it's a lot. I don't I don't see it with with this team right here. Listen, my shout of the day is going to go to Juju Watkins, USC women's basketball player, scores 51 out of 6017 points as they upset number four Stanford the other day. There's a story going around before that game. She, you know, before the games before that game, she was in a bit of a slump, was scoring high, but they were losing. And they caught her in the gym. Security for you, USC security caught her in the gym late at night. They call her coach like, yo, you, you want us to kick her out? Because, you know, it's past, it's past hours. And coach said, let Jew be Jew. Came out, drops 51 out of this team, 67 points. Breaks uh, Kelsey Plum's record, if I'm not mistaken, that was previously standing for single game scoring. Big shout out to her, man. She, she you know, once again, they, she stood on business and got, got her team an upset win. Yeah, shout out to Juju Watkins. She's a she's a baller. Fifty points is listen. You could go to LA Fitness. You drop fifty points, you doing something. So you know, true freshman out there at USC, big balling. Shout out to her. My shout out is gonna go to a twenty three year old shortstop for the Kansas City Royals, Bobby Witt Jr. I mean, listen, the Royals. I, as far as show I'm, me the money. As far as I've been alive, I ain't never seen him spend this type of bag on nobody. Which I'm not saying they really had the opportunity to do so, but I ain't never seen them. And I also ain't never seen them spend this type of bread until Patrick Mahomes then joined ownership. But I don't know. 
11 years, $288 million in his third. He's coming into his third MLB season. And you making 288? Shout out to Bobby Witt. Also, yo, shout out to Theo Epstein joining the Fenway Management Company, management group. Very big. Yeah, I think he was sick of the fact that we're treating this shit like a small market team. And he wants to start spending some money again. I think that's what it is yeah that's what it sounds like same same group same management group that owns the liverpool football club as well so some big names some heavy hitters in that management group so definitely heavy hitters suck yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages if you tapped into us live on this beautiful monday evening thank you so much if you're listening to this on your all your streaming platforms whether it's spotify apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast. It don't matter. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. You could have been anywhere in the world right now in this exact moment, but you're either watching or listening or tapped into us right now, and we appreciate you. Listen, Super Bowl Sunday is this week. You guys will see us Thursday. As of right now, the line is San Francisco minus one and a half. It has dropped down. Money's coming in on Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes and his underdog record is very favorable. And the ATS crew will be back on Thursday to give you our leans, our picks, and who we think will win this if Super Bowl you, Sunday. If you paid attention to any of this episode, you already know who I'm rocking with, but you got to find out Thursday <laughs> for me to say it for real. You heard? We'll see y'all. Peace. <laughs>